And now, live from Los Angeles, it's the Ultimate Cannon Show with Brad the Shark. Today's guest is Clayton Peterson, a medical student. We're going to learn something a little bit candid about Clayton. Are you ready? Let's go! Let's go! Thanks so much for being part of the show today. Hope you have a good one. Sharkus, tell us what's new in the world these days. What's new? It's 110 degrees. That's what's new. 110 degrees? Look at it. It's it's bright and sunny out too, isn't it, huh? Yeah, if you want to fry an egg. <laughs> <laughs> what's new in the news these days? Well, uh, Taylor Swift, I guess between her Eros tour, was seen attending a party at an exclusive cannabis club, and she decided she wanted to play adult Uno. Really? And uh, some of her friends that were there were Jason Sudeikis and uh, Questlove. Wow. Yeah, so I guess even, uh, I guess maybe Taylor likes to either play Uno or she, Partake. Likes, to, or she likes to blaze. Yeah. Wow. One or the other. Or Very both. interesting. Very interesting. Isn't that interesting? That is. Yeah, so I guess her Swifties probably uh, can relate to, to cannabis. She had to loosen up a little bit, huh? Yeah, that or she needs. <laughs> she was tired from touring and needed to relax. There you go. Anyways, uh, also this week... Uh, Magic Johnson and his wife, Cookie, along with Samuel L. Jackson and his wife, and Michael Jordan and his wife, happened to be hanging Magic's uh, beautiful yacht in the Mediterranean and on the coast of Italy. And of all people, they ran into uh, Clive Davis, who's an industry giant, and said, hey, get on the boat. And I guess Magic has been splurging about $1.2 million a week on this beautiful yacht that he has. I but mean, he does that like every year, doesn't he? Yeah. He likes to go to Europe. He likes to hang in Europe and have a good time. And then he, he always brings like really famous people on, on his yacht. And, uh, you know, I think that's pretty cool. I wish I knew him because maybe he'll bring me on his yacht. Very giving individual. And, you know, to take a break for a little while is a good thing. You know, you kind of recharge and get going, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, also this week, everybody's heard about it, the, the big Hollywood strike. Uh, yes. You know, this town is completely shut down, uh, which is kind of scary. Uh, this week, Oscar winner uh, George Clooney joined the actors hitting the picket line, and it's the first strike between film and TV uh, since 1960 where, like, everybody's, like, picketing. Things are going to slow down. Yeah, and he's, say, he's stating uh, this is, like, really catastrophic for Hollywood, frankly. I mean, you're talking about a possible uh, meltdown of about $4.1 billion dollars in terms of losses. And I mean, you know, a lot of industry giants like Bob Iger and uh, uh, folks like, um, what do you call it? Uh, Barry Diller and folks like that have been really candid saying, you know, really this could have been resolved, but it wasn't. So it's going to cripple the the local and national economy because this is impacting both sides of the coast. I both, hope this gets resolved on soon. the left and the right coast. Sooner than later, wouldn't that help? Exactly. And then last but not least, uh, California lawmakers uh, recently won answers after the exit of a bunch of uh, black Hollywood female executives in Hollywood. And uh, they want to know why that's going on. And they're looking into it. So there's been a lot of stuff going on this week. and But the big one, the big news has been the Hollywood uh, writers and actors strike. And... Uh, um, if this doesn't get resolved by like September, this could really impact 2024 uh, movie and TV lineups. My hope is that this gets resolved sooner than later. Mine too, because I can only watch so much reality TV. <laughs> yeah. I want 
I want some action, man. Let's get the writers out there. Let's get the actors back to work. Let's, they need let's money. Get this going. That's they, right. need they need money, money. too. They yeah. got to pay their rent. They got to they gotta pay for food, medication, whatever else that they got to have. And they got families to feed. So, uh, you know, that's not that's not good. That's We're, not good at all. All right. So, no. yeah. A lot of good things going on these days, huh? But, uh, you know, let, let's get this writer strike and actor strike resolved. And let's get these guys back to work, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to be entertained. Entertainment. So today's guest, today's guest is Clayton Peterson. He is a medical student at Ohio State University. Do you hear that? Is that Killer? I think he's at the front door. Killer, don't eat him. Whatever you do, don't eat him, Killer. God, listen to those, those paws. Jesus. Any of you have seen Killer? Yeah, if any of you have seen Killer, you would not want to deal with this. He's definitely at the front door. All right, let's bring him on in. Why don't you come on in, Clayton? Hello, hello. Well, hello there. Welcome, Clayton. How are you today? I'm not doing too bad. How are you? You're not too too bad. You're here in California? I am. In it Los is, Angeles land? Yes, it's a great time, you know, finishing up some of my... Um, uh, things with medical school coming out for a nice bachelor party and, uh, you know, see the family a little bit. It's a good I time. I understand. Sister's getting married, isn't she? She is over in October. Nice. So it's coming up faster than uh, what you'd think. It's going to come up very quick. Oh, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You actually live in Cincinnati, correct? Uh, well, I'm from Cincinnati. Okay. Um, currently living in Columbus for most of the past um, five or six years now. Okay. So just... Uh, you know, getting through school for the most part, you know, trying to be a doctor at some point. But that journey has kind of gone back and forth, hasn't it? I mean, you were, you haven't always been down that particular road. Tell us a little bit about your progression and what happened. You got out of high school, you went into college. What did you do? Yeah. So I got out of high school, went to a really good place called uh, St. Xavier in, Cin in Cincinnati. Okay. Um, I thought I was going to do business. So I was going to major in finance, math, and economics. Um, but as soon as I got to Ohio State, I realized that um, I wanted a little bit more. I wanted something, you know, something related to the science. Um, at the same time, I had met this uh, neighbor of mine who had had a uh, muscular dystrophy problem and was Aww. getting older. And, uh, you know, as I kind of got to know him a little bit better and uh, uh, got to help him in some of the last years of his life, I realized, you know, I wanted to make, you know, something like that a part of my life. You know, I wanted to do what I could to help alleviate some form of human suffering so that wow. people could uh, go on and, you know, do what makes their life meaningful. Okay. So, but, but you started in business. You, did, did you get a business degree or tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I started in business. I uh, was doing like some finance and uh, economics and stuff like that. Still really like economics. I, you know, made it a, a part of my undergrad career. I got a minor in quantitative economics. Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, well, so I actually had some economics professors that really wanted me to get a PhD in that. Um, I was about to start um, doing some health economics research. Um, and then I was out in California. And the next thing you know, uh, there's a nice little virus called COVID, oh. which uh, shut all that down. So uh, I did not do that. I ended up uh, getting a master's degree in biostatistics. And then uh, Moved on to medical school. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Now, how did you happen to pick medical school, Ohio State? How did, how did that all kind of happen? Um, well, I mean, it's, picking a medical school is, uh, it's no joke. I mean, it's a long process. You start, you take the MCAT, um, and then you 
you do your application, which is uh, a number of essays, you know, on the order of like a hundred essays, you end up writing to go to um, wow. apply to like 25 schools. Um, I interviewed at 11 to, um, for 11 different programs, um, got a number of acceptances, but at the end of the day, um, Ohio State's close to home. It's close to, you know, my friends, my people, things like that. Uh, and they also, they gave me a pretty good uh, uh, monetary deal, I guess, too. Very good. It's like uh, a terrific medical school. Oh, Outstanding. No, it, it's an amazing school. Um, and I think the thing that's really nice about a place like Ohio State is they, if you want to study anything, whatever it is in the medical field, they have it. You right. know, it's like you want to do some of the latest genomic research. They have that at Ohio State. They have it at Nationwide Children's with some of the best scholars in the nation. Wow. Uh, if you want to do surgery, it has one of the best surgical programs in the nation. I mean, nice. It, it has a little bit of everything. And, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of great work. Uh, building a hospital right now for um, – it's supposed to open in 2026. Cost them between $1 and $2 billion to build this hospital. Wow. So – um, there's a lot going on and there's going to be a lot more going on there in the future. So it's a good time. Now, what area are you interested in? So I'm definitely thinking something surgical. Okay. Um, I know I like working with my hands, uh, you know, all pretty much all my hobbies like piano, woodworking, working on cars, you know, all things that I do with my hands. So, uh, naturally, you know, with my career, I want to do something where I can do something with my hands, uh, and I've been exploring that a little bit. This summer, I did a program in the cardiothoracic surgery department for eight weeks, you know, in the operating room just about every day. So, I well, mean, there's, there's long hours in medical in there. Tell us a little bit about one of those days. How did that work out? When did it start? What did you do? When did it end? Tell yeah. us Tell us a little bit about that area. Well, so they are long days. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get around that. Um, but it's, uh, you know, around six o'clock in the morning, you'll get at the hospital, you do your rounds on the patients that have uh, undergone surgery or about to undergo surgery. Um, you get into the operating room around seven o'clock and, uh, you know, it could be, you know, you get out at three, but uh, it could also be, especially for me on one of the days where there was uh, a lung transplant, uh, another lung transplant, and then a heart transplant. That's a 24-hour day right there. Wow. So, I, I mean, bet you slept well. <laughs> well, I mean, during the last operation is when I started. It was, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, one of those things where, uh, you know, it was a learning experience. You know, luckily I wasn't the surgeon in charge for that. But, uh, there you, go. you know, I got home and I slept until about six in, at the night. So, and Needless uh, to say, they are dedicated, aren't they? No, they are um, very dedicated to their craft. I mean, you have some of the best surgeons in the country. I mean, you know, somebody like Dr. Whitson is doing a lot of heart transplants and lung transplants and a lot of heart surgery. And then he also has a, you know, very well-funded lab too. I mean, you know, he's a bit of a unicorn, you know, he can uh, do a lot to do both of those things. Well, I mean, a lot of the doctors in the department are Dr. Mokadam, Dr. Merritt. They're, they're all very great doctors and, uh, you know, the things that they've been able to do with their career is very impressive. Would you say you've learned a lot? Oh, I've learned a ton. There's, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, things that you never expect to learn, things that you never expect to see. Um, you'll see it and it's, uh, it's very challenging. It's long hours, but, um, it's very rewarding. But well worth it. Oh, absolutely. So, so you're glad stimulated. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, <laughs> you know, when, um, you know, somebody, when the doctor, 
you know, throws a bunch of sutures in an artery on the heart, then he asks you to cut it, and the heart's just under your hands, just knocking your hands up every time. I, I was terrified that I was just going to, like, you know, nick the artery right there. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a um, high-stress environment, but, uh, you know, and that, I mean, you know, just to be scared to, like, you know. So does your heart beat? Pretty fast. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't tell which heart I was like feeling. Was it mine or was it the patient's heart? You know, it's uh, well, what's I mean, out there yeah. on the table. Yeah, because you know? I mean, that's got to be kind of an adrenaline rush too. And in, in, in some respects, like you know, um, being a surgeon is there's a, a godlike quality to it. Yeah. Because I mean, you've got somebody's life in your hands. Demanding. Yeah. yeah. There's a responsibility. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I mean. If you look at it in one way, it's the patient is completely surrendering themselves to you. Right. It's, they're saying, I mean, one time you're looking at them, you know, they're fully clothed Then the next moment, you know, they've signed all their papers. Um, you know, they give themselves completely to you. They put their lives in your hands. Their trust. Exactly. And, you know, there's a lot of responsibility in that. I mean, it takes a lot of dedication to your craft. Right. I mean, you really want to make sure that you're doing the best that you can for these people so that they can go on to continue living their lives a little bit better than what they were. What made you switch from statistics to medical? Well, so, I mean, like I was saying, the, the neighbor that I met, you know, that sort of showed me that I want to do something like that with my life. It was also with the, um, um, you know, I figure I, you can get the business side of anything, no matter what career you go into, business is going to be a part of it. Right. Um, and I still wanted to do that, but I wanted a little bit more. And, you know, when I was like looking, it's like, okay, what sort of uh, science can I get into? And I uh, started studying neuroscience. So I got into a lot of the brain type wow. things, doing some spinal cord injury research, some uh, pediatric brain cancer research, things like that. And, uh, you know, you, you just get a feeling that this is it, you know, this is what I want to do. A passion. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, definitely much more of a uh, calling field than, you know, some of the other things. I mean, you have to really want it, you know, in order to get into that. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, it was that sort of thing. What's been the biggest transition in medical school for you? Moving from, let's say, your MBA into medical school, what was the biggest thing? What, what were some of the biggest things you learned transitioning? Well, I mean, to deal with the scale of information that they ask you to learn, uh, it's very different than anything that you do in the past. Like when I'm doing statistics or something like that, if I'm not, I, I could somewhat forget, you know, the formula that you're supposed to use and, but you can derive it, you know, sort of there. It's a different kind of learning. Right. Um, but with medical school, the thing they say, it's kind of like trying to drink water from a uh, fire hydrant, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, no, they, they throw it at you and it takes a decent amount of, uh, time and dedication to get used to that study schedule where it's like you can't study overnight for a test anymore. You're going to be studying for a month, you know, in order to pass this class, you know? So I, I think it was just a matter of, you know, figuring out the tools that I need to use. Uh, there's like, you know, learning, they, there's pretty much a flashcard app that medical school students have developed that deliver the cards to you at the exact right interval for you to retain the information. Wow. Things like that. So just to get by, you know, and, uh, learning to use those tools, uh, a lot of the resources that they give you, uh, like with, um, there's a lot of question banks online and things like that. Uh, and you know, just getting after it for, you know, yeah. months on end, you know, 
but the class that you're in, the group is pretty close too. You have a pretty close knit group of friends and people there where you yeah. study together, you work together, you stay together, you spend a lot of time together. Tell us about that. Absolutely. So it's a lot different than undergrad in that respect too. I mean, Ohio State for undergrad, you know, there's going to be 12,000 people in your class. Like wow. you're, um, you're not going to know everybody, you know, it's so you can kind of, um, you know, it's kind of a bit of a city in a way. It's like you find your friend group and things like that. Um, in a way, going to medical school is kind of like going back to high school in a way it, for Ohio state. It's one of the bigger medical schools. There's 200 kids in your class. Wow. Um, so that's a big medical school, but everybody knows everybody. Um, and it can sort of change the social dynamics too. I mean, you know, the social dynamics can sometimes be a little bit more like high school than college in a way, just because everybody knows everybody. Um, but very tight knit group of people. Um, How competitive. That's what I was just about to say. It, the, um, <laughs> I was going to say that. It's, it's changed uh, in recent times a lot because uh, they've done a lot of things like the um, classes nowadays are more pass fail type things. So wow. you're not ranked against everybody else in the class, which has helped a lot because there's a lot of people, what, um, what people call gunners, uh, you know, that in the past that, you know, they'll, uh, work in their self-interest, you know, in a way and, uh, their self-interest might put you down. But I think that's been eliminated a lot recently, um, with a lot of the pass fail type things. So it's more cohesive then more cohesive. So is it um, to get the best out of people versus, making it adversarial right. and that people are not really doing their best. Yeah. They just want to win. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's good. Kind of what they're trying to combat. I think it's a good feel. I mean, I mean, make no mistake. The, the bar to pass is very high. I mean, they, uh, you're still getting after it with the studies and stuff like that in order to pass, but, yeah. uh, people help each other. I mean, we have this, um, really big Google drive where everybody shares all the study material that they've made and things nice. like that. Uh, so, I think everybody's really trying to help everybody there. I mean, and uh, that's kind of what we need in the medical field. I mean, you want your, you know, doctors to support one another. Share so, information. Absolutely. Make sure you get the best care back to that patient again then, that's correct? Absolutely. Yeah, that's very no, good. For sure. Well, we're going to take a break here for just a minute. But to lead you up before we get to that break, we're going to talk a little bit about something very candid about you with medical school that kind of does deals with the piano. So we'll <laughs> take a break here for 30 seconds. All right. Welcome back to the show. And for our listeners today, we have Clayton Peterson, a medical student at Ohio State University. We're going to learn something a little bit candid about, and we're going to get a little deeper with Clayton here in just a moment. And tell us, it has something to do with the piano and, and way back early on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Clayton? Yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, I started playing piano when I was in the first grade. Uh, first grade? First grade. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, a long path, you know, with that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, and in medical school now, I sort of picked it up back more, a lot more helps. I mean, medical school is stressful, things like that. 
But, you know, I've kept up with it and tried to keep playing. Is there a particular genre that you play or, or one that you really enjoy that, uh, you know, some people are really into certain areas of music? What, what do you do? Yeah, so I was classically trained in piano. Wow. So I, uh, cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good time. But things like that, Bach, um, Beethoven, Mozart, um, Bach and Chopin are probably my two favorites to play. Okay. Um, I don't know. Bach makes your hands feel good in a way. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, a lot of unique hand positions in some ways because he was into the counterpoint style of music. Okay. Um, which was big in the Baroque period, but sort of died off where they'll create harmonies by intertwining multiple melody lines and things like that. Um, so it's a really fun kind of music to play. Um, not terribly popular, but I enjoy it. Would so. you say that's a mix in there with surgery in there in some respects? So you'd be surprised at how intertwined music and medicine are. You you look at the history of a lot of surgeons uh, that sort of developed the fields and things like that. A lot of them played piano or did any sort of music. I think uh, they naturally sort of go hand in hand. Sort of, I mean, no pun intended, but it's like uh, <laughs> it's uh, because I mean they're both skills that take years to learn and develop and you can always continue to get better at them um it's an art form oh absolutely i mean medicine you know despite how much science they throw at you in medicine it's uh definitely much more of an art than a science and uh which makes sense yeah i mean healing is uh you know it's tough i mean there's a lot of things we don't know and you know sometimes the way that you deliver your care um ends up impacting you know how the patient heals um, so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the art side of things, um, naturally flows together. There's a lot of artists, there's a lot of musicians. I mean, they have a, they have a club at Ohio state where a lot of the doctors and medical students will write poetry and read it to one another and things like that. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, I went to one of those meetings once they had a, um, they actually had a, uh, pretty famous doctor poet that had, uh, come back to uh, deliver some of her poetry to us. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it was nice, but pretty impactful. No, absolutely. So uh, <laughs> did you ever uh, think about taking up any other in- uh, musical instruments? I mean, uh, you know, I, there's, um, you probably, this is before your time probably, but uh, Glenn Fry, who was, who was a, the lead singer and guitarist for the Eagles passed away about four years ago, but he said that he would, he started out playing the piano then he gravitated to the guitar because he wanted to meet chicks. <laughs> and, and so, so a lot yeah. of times, you know, these guys, you know, a lot of times musicians, whether they start with the piano or they start with the sax, they, they graduate, they graduate or gravitate towards a different instrument for uh, different reasons, <laughs> anthropological reasons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but I mean, a piano is a little bit heavier than a guitar. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, you can't take it anywhere. Yeah, you, you know? yeah. I mean, maybe you get a Hammond or something like that. You can move that. But, yeah, um, yeah no, I, I stuck to the piano uh, yeah. for the most part. Um, in high school, I played trumpet uh, in the concert band. Okay. Uh, I guess I did that in grade school, too. But uh, piano and trumpet were the two instruments that I played. Um, so you were dedicated to the piano, pretty much. I mean... It, it's always like, my number one. I'm a faithful guy. You know? <laughs> it's, uh, I, uh, so you're disciplined. I mean, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's very not easy thing. to be disciplined. I, I mean, know. whether you're you're in your 20s or 40s or 80s or 60s. Yeah. I mean... Well, and with that, too, I mean, um, 
there's a period when you're learning the piano where you know just how bad you are. <laughs> and once you reach that level, it's where you know you're bad, like kind of right. a way. Uh, it's hard to trudge through that. And you're there for a number of years before you start to, you know, play some of the bigger pieces. You know, awesome. Yeah. No, it, it takes time to get there. And, you know, I'm still learning. I mean, I can still look at a lot of things where it's like, wow, I am like, one percent as good as this piano player like you have jetty kiss it or something like that wow it's like there, there's a lot of room for growth uh so i mean i could do it until i'm dead almost dead and uh i'll still be uh learning so my mom played the piano when she was a young girl in the beginning of her life and then she kind of petered off and, and didn't do it anymore so out of curiosity how did you pick up the piano was it f your mom or dad encouraged you or what happened yeah, so we had a um, Yamaha upright piano uh -huh. um, from the time I was born, I guess. Um, and one of my older sisters started playing the piano at one point. And so I was in kindergarten, and I would just hear it. It's like, I, I want to do that. You know, it's uh, you know, it's just there. It's like, you know, somebody ought to play it. And so she stopped playing piano, uh, but I picked it up. And, uh, you know, w once you start, you just can't stop. You got to keep playing. So you yeah. liked it. Oh, absolutely. Do you have a keyboard that you've brought with you to school? or? Yeah, so I ended up buying, uh, you know, a, a nice cheap Casio okay. at Costco. And it works. No, it works. It has That's weighted, all that matters. No, it has weighted keys. There's all 88 of them, so you can play whatever you want. Um, but, yeah, no, it's uh, you definitely got to take something with you because that's the biggest thing is once um, – because there was a period of about uh, two years in college when I didn't have my keyboard because I was in the dorms. There was right. no place to put it. Yeah you just stop playing altogether. I might've gone to the music department twice um, and played some of the pieces that I had known, but uh, it's not as easy to play as when it's in your room. Right. So once I got my house uh, up at school, I brought the piano back up and it's really easy to play it every day when it's there. So That's nice. it's, um, it really sounds like music and medicine are intertwined then. Absolutely. How it's, often do you play with the piano? Um, once a week, twice a week? When you've had a really bad day, I mean, how, how's it, how are you motivated? Most days. Um, Most days. So, yeah, I mean, I think um, the biggest thing is it's the same sort of thing they say is like, you're never going to play the guitar if it's in its case under your bed <laughs> sort of thing. True. Um, so it's like if I put the piano in a spot where I'll see it every single day. So it's um, on the wall across from my bed. Um, so I wake up, I see it. So I'm about to get ready. I was like, well, maybe I'll play a song right now. You just turn it <laughs> on and you get going. I mean, um, there you you know, start the day off right. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe it's like I have a massive test coming up tomorrow, but, uh, you know, maybe I'll start studying a little bit later. I'll play a piano piece <laughs> right now. It's, so it can be used for procrastination too, but, uh, you know, you, you find uh, ways to fit it in. Very nice. good. Very nice. Well, this has been a great session. We really appreciate your time. We've learned an awful lot about you. We've learned a little bit about Ohio State University. We've learned a little bit about medicine and music and how they're tied together. We really thank you very, very much. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. We're going to close today's session out. Hope you guys really enjoyed listening and meeting Clayton Peterson, the medical student at Ohio State University. Hope you have a great week ahead. We'll see you next week. Take care.